The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Anna, you are living in a codependent relationship and your partner is blind? Yes. Yeah, tell me what's going on. Well, um, I'm wondering how I can best go about trying to establish healthy boundaries when the very nature of the relationship involves a high degree of codependency because of the circumstances, because my partner being totally blind. Meaning that you are basically a caretaker. Just, uh, just the same, yeah. Okay. Are you in a car? Yeah, I'm, I'm about to alleviate that situation. Sorry. Oh, okay. When you say codependent, can you give me what, tell me what you mean by that? Because people can mean different things. And also an example of it. Um, well, basically my partner has to rely on me for uh, much, uh, you know, a, a lot of assistance. Um, going anywhere, going shopping. Every, you know, has to they buy their own clothes and food in that they make the choices, but everything has to be described, labels read, you know. Okay, um, so go ahead. You know, the circumstances create a, a really dependent situation, and it would just be, I think it would be hard for, I mean, easy, sorry, easy for that to go to unhealthy places pretty quickly. <laughs> okay, when you say unhealthy, what are you referring to? Um, I, I mean being, like, too dependent. Um Oh, the person uh, really has, uh, they have more ability, but they may not use it. They may just become dependent on you and let you do many things that even being blind, they could do for themselves. Uh, some, um, but it's also, you know, I, you know as, as a woman in this culture, I have a natural helper uh, thing going on that's going to, you know, I mean, I have my part in that as well. You know what I mean? I'm going to be wanting to help probably, possibly too much and uh, more than what would be appropriate. So. How how do you know when you have crossed the line? When you, uh, you know, all of us, I'm a, I am a helper. I'm that type of person that reaches out. And I have realized increasingly over time that, Sometimes people really resent my help. They don't want it. They want to do for themselves. So I've become a puller backer too. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's really hard to know when the help is proper, when I respect their mind much more, when I pull back a tad or or completely. And how do you know, what cues do you get as the helper that you feel you are doing too much. What emotional feedback do you get inside yourself that this is too much? Um, to tell you the truth, I don't know. I know that periodically I will ask, I will say, do you need any assistance from me? Yeah. And then, you know, and then they will say yes or no, and I will go with whatever that is. Or I'll say, would you like me to help you with that, as opposed to just simply going over and helping. Okay. Um, which, I think I did do at first, you know, but now I'm trying to be more conscious of, of, because, you know, I mean, some days I'm sure they'll, I mean, that line goes in different places on different days, depending upon how tired they are, how, you know, uh, what the circumstances are, whether it's a totally new place. Okay. Let me, so what I'm hearing there, Anna, is that, you are pulling back yourself. You realize that at first you were attending to their needs like you would an infant in a way. You don't ask them whether they need something. You just rush to do for them. 
And now you're realizing that the person, that your husband has some capabilities, your partner, I'm assuming it's your husband, right? Uh, uh, Or partner. Yeah. Yeah. A partner. Has Uh some uh, flexibility and uh, not some capability and they can do more for themselves. So you respect their mind by first asking if they want the help. A third layer, a third level that you might consider is... Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad and then Alan will be back. Romance. I wish I knew more about what girls want from a relationship. Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance, a serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Huh. The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting. A third layer, a third level that you might consider is ask, telling them, when you need help, let me know. Meaning you don't even have to monitor their every move. Right. You back off a smidgen more. And mm-hmm. that helps you get used to it, too. I found that that's much more, I like it much more if someone says, Ellen, if you need any help, let me know, rather than, Ellen, do you need help now? And can I help you more with this? And it's like, get out right. of my face. You know, I feel like a, I feel like a cripple or an invalid or something, you know, I can do for myself. And even if you you are crippled or you have, like, you've got the blindness, there's a dignity in doing for yourself. Absolutely. So um, the, you said that you have a need to be that helper. You mentioned that you're a woman in this society and that many of us are trained to be selfless. We feel guilty if we do for ourselves. In any healthy relationship, a non-codependent one if you want to use that term, but in any healthy relationship, it involves a private life also time when you can have that you can have just for yourself now it's hard if you've got someone who's dependent on you if you could get respite if they're capable of being alone for a few hours and you could go out and do something on your own maybe to a movie that they couldn't enjoy because they're blind or couldn't enjoy Mm -hmm. as well and you need to experience yourself as an individual unapologetically And that, I don't know if you do do that. Um, sometimes. I haven't so much here lately with holidays and stuff like that, but yeah, occasionally, yeah. Give yourself permission to be yourself, to enjoy yourself, to uh, have time apart. Even partners who have no problems between them need mini vacations from one one another whether it's a few hours or for some people they need a longer time they need they need a mini getaway and then you refresh recharge your batteries it's just like parents getting a babysitter Uh right Mm -hmm. you could be with Mm -hmm. your kids 24 7 for a decade for a decade and it destroys the relationship. If you take breaks and come back or a mini vacation or a vacation, you recharge your battery. So it's the same for you. Um, was your partner always blind? Uh, no. It happened in an automobile accident five years ago. Oh, so sad. Okay, so that that's always hard for 
partners to get accustomed to. Your partner, is it a man or a woman? Woman. Okay, I had assumed a man at first. My apologies. It, you need to decide, is this a good relationship for you? It is still your life. Nobody owns your life but yourself. If you want to stay in the relationship, then you want to figure out a way to make it more your rela- more something you enjoy. If you're building bitterness and resentment, then you want to work that through. And I wish we could do it. We don't have any more time. But you could go to, you know, have some private counseling where it's not like talking to a friend who could gossip or something. You have your own private person to chew things with and to decide what you want. And I've written a book on relationships with a co-author. It's called The Selfish Path to Romance, How to Love with Passion and Reason. And even though we have it as heterosexual couples, the same principles apply to anyone. So you could, you might look at that book too, Anna. Listen, the selfish, the, selfish what? the selfish path to romance. You can go to drkenner.com and check it out. Listen, thank okay. you so much for your call. Thank you so much, Dr. Keller. And here's a little more from Dr. Kenner. Look at history. Everything we have, every great achievement has come from the independent work of some independent mind. Every horror and destruction came from attempts to force men into a herd of brainless, soulless robots without personal rights, without personal ambition. And that's from the Fountainhead. And in your own life, think of your own history. Was there a time in your life, maybe it's still there, where you just felt like you didn't have a right to speak your own mind, you felt insecure, you didn't know how to say, oh, I love that movie, or, ooh, that wasn't my favorite at all, I really don't like that one. But instead you said, well, what do you like? And if they, someone said, oh, I really like that movie, even if you hated it, you'd say, oh, yeah, me too. And you just betrayed yourself in that moment. If you have had a history of betraying yourself, you can turn that around. You can start to learn how to think for yourself, to value yourself more, to be more assertive. And that doesn't mean mean. You can say, oh, I hear you like that movie and it wasn't my favorite or I I reacted very differently to it. You can do it tactfully. You can speak up tactfully. But how do you do that? For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by Drs. Kenner and Locke. In his book, The Great Sex Secret, veteran sex educator Kim Marshall notes that women often lack intimate satisfaction because neither partner understands the essential role of specific body stimulation in achieving satisfaction. It is essential that partners openly communicate their preferences. Once you both accept that intimacy is pleasure for two, let yourselves experiment with variations in technique and style. Find out what you each like and then ask for it in a mutually respectful way. I'd really like to try X, or it feels really good when you do Y. Partners need to banish embarrassment about intimacy. Remember, intimate pleasure is one of the greatest gifts of being human, and it is both good and important in your lives together. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com.